What's the crack? Thanks for listening to the Irish Vice podcast. We are here on Monday, which is going to become the new official spot for family therapy, which was the original intention for this podcast. I'm here at the kitchen table with mum. How are you? I'm grand. Jacqueline McGuinness. So, folks, we're going to do this on a Monday going forward, and what we're going to do is recap on a week in the life of Manchester United fans. Obviously, we have two different generational views, so we're going to pick out some topics and try and run it this way moving forward. Sound good to you? Oh, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> Probably less confrontational, or possibly more than more. I would say the match. <laughs> right. So the first one that I have, we're going to discuss Eric Ten Hag's tenure. We're going to discuss the Rashford problem. We're going to have a look at what needs to change of Manchester United, and also if January is going to be a help or a burden. So the first one is Eric Ten Hag's tenure so far. Where do you fall on how he has done in the rules so far? I, in my opinion, Eric Ten Hag has done all right. This season has been, it hasn't been great. I think for a lot of reasons. But I know that the fan base is split on, actually the fan base is right down the middle of the Eric Ten Hag out and Eric Ten Hag in. I'm Eric Ten Hag in until the end of the season and then assess him at the end of the season. Okay. I personally think that the standard of football is at a point now where I can't see Eric Ten Hag winning the Premier League or the Champions League in the future, and that's why I'm Eric Ten Hag out. I think when you think about the Manchester United manager's position, it's so vital to everything that goes on at the football club that I don't think we can suffer Eric Ten Hag anymore. And there are two possible roads to take now with Eric Ten Hag. There's the Eric Ten Hag road where you stick with this manager and you come to a fork. That fork is either going to go one of two ways. He is either going to get this right and change his football and style and come away from the pragmatic defensive approach that he has employed for the start of this season, and he could get top four. And I think if he tries a more attacking style of play, he will get top four, simply because the quality of Manchester United's squad is good enough to compete with those teams that are in around us for the top four. The other fork is the one that I think is more likely in my opinion. That is that Eric Ten Hag does not change his approach, does not change his team selection as I think he needs to and he ends up not getting top four. And that is why I'm electing to ignore that road and go for the second road which is a new manager. Either an interim coach with a new manager bounce or someone in for the long term but a new direction that can get the best out of these players so far. So his tenure so far for me has not been good enough is what I'm saying. His first season was very good, and I think we overachieved our first season. And I think that set the precedent for the second season. Now, the second season, as I said, for one reason or another, is not working. And my main bug is his selection. I think he's stubborn in his selection. I think he's sticking with his favourites that are detrimental to the team at the minute. And until that changes... He is, in other words, he's signing his own P45. Yeah, I think if we look back to last season, right? At the start of last season, it was dismal. Probably the football was as dismal as it is now, except we seem to be eking out results against the clubs that we should be eking out results against. You know, we are beating the the Wolves of last year. You know, we are getting results against Brentford. Um, I don't think of those teams he played in around the start of the season where it looked like, oh my God, what have we done? And then he reverted to this counter-attacking, good old safe way of playing football for the rest of last season. It was a safe way, and I'll tell you the reason for the safe way Rory was, because that is what those players had adapted to. Yeah. Under Ali, under Mourinho, 
and that's what they were comfortable with. Some of them. And I say some of them because when we think back to it, I don't think Raphael Varane is a counter-attacking player. He plays an but attacking system for he's France. He's an elite player. Yeah, that's what I mean. But my point was going to be, we played with a, a defensive duo last season of Lissandro Martinez and um, Raphael Varane. And we played with a midfield partnership, Casemiro and Christian Eriksen. And we still played counter-attacking football. Because our manager had brought these lads in, uh, along with Anthony, and he couldn't figure out a system that suited them to get an immediate impact. And he knew in his first season that the mission statement was to finish top four, try and achieve a trophy, and try and show that he belonged in the Premier League after the bold statements he'd said. And he achieved it to a degree. But he ignored his own philosophies and his own tactical style of play to do so. No, I agree. Yeah. Now in this season, he's gone back to what we've seen at the end of last season and he's trying to implement his tactical style of play. And in my eyes, it's not good enough. And that's why I'm judging his tenure on this season as opposed to last season. Last season, I think he was very cautiously astute that he played counter-attack in football. But this year under his football, I just don't get it. See, I think he should have reversed it. I think he should have stuck to his philosophy the first season. And maybe by this season, that style of play would have been implemented. But you're right, football is a results-based business. And especially for a club like Man United, that he needed he needed to achieve something that first season. Yeah. To, have, to keep everyone on board, to people to buy into his tenure, and... To play a system that most of those players felt comfortable with. I just don't feel like he is going to be able to find a style of play that wins the big trophies. And I think that has to be the goal of Manchester United. Oh, absolutely. Manchester United are a club that can't aspire to top four every year. um, Or settle for mediocrity. Now, I would say he's been hampered by insanely massive calls that he's had to make. And they are insane. Like the Ronaldo situation from the very start. Crazy. Crazy to think that, you know, one of the biggest stars in our our history would cause a situation that would force a brand new manager into yeah. the call that he had to make. And He's it was a prima donna. Yeah. So he did show. My my biggest issue with him is I don't think he can adapt and um, flex now to survive. I don't think he is going to yield or give up his football and philosophy and his tactics. And I think that those tactics are that, you know, I've said this before numerous times. I'll sound like a pirate now. You pass the ball in around your holding midfielder and your defenders and you try and probe for oppositions up the pitch. You use Scott McTominay as a second 10, as he does at the minute, possibly out of necessity because he's the only 10 that could sort of be remotely available. Well, our midfield is depleted as well at the minute. It is. Now, I am kicking and screaming to see, and I'm going to try and not get dragged into the racing performances, I'm kicking and screaming to see Sophie and Amrabat play with Kobe Maynou. I can comfortably say now I don't expect to see it anymore. Because what I'm seeing from Ten Hag at the minute is he loves the two tens. He loves one holding mid in a Kobe Manu or a Casemiro, and he loves to play a Christian Eriksen or Scott McTominay. The pivot has a ten that drifts forward to receive the ball higher up the pitch. At the minute, we're seeing it as Scott McTominay, and it's not working because he's anonymous in that position. I think if Mason Mount come back, it would make a difference. But it, it's just too open in midfield. It has been last year, it is this year. I'm not seeing any changes, any progression. In fact, I'm seeing regression now, and that can't be the way. Yeah, you're right. It is way too open in midfield. And in my opinion, the only way that Scott McTominay works is if you're playing out of necessity, Bruno Fernandes on the right side. That's the only way 
would work for me. And I would play, I always thought his formation was 4-2-3-1. I know we were all saying about 4-3-3, but I always thought that's the way that Ajax played 4-2-3-1. The personnel we have at the minute, apart from, well, Casemiro as well to a certain degree, cannot be the solo central defender midfielder. There needs to be a partner in there with him. And Scott McTominay is not a partner. He did an adequate job with Fred, but we were all screaming for that partnership to be broke up. Yeah. We, we were all, we sort of like co-joined those two players and called them like Fred, you know, so that was the joke. That was the end joke. His formation and his tactics at the minute are strange. The only way I could say is you, you take the back four as a straight line and draw a straight line on a page. And then on top of that straight line, draw a Christmas tree. And that is how Manchester United are playing yeah, formation. Yeah, we have a hybrid mashup yeah. at the minute. Kobe Mainu has played as the tip of the Christmas tree. Then ahead of him is the two that will create your first side. That's Bruno Fernandes and Scott McCombley. Then go wider than that and place Marcus Rashford there with Alejandro Garnacho. And then come right back into the middle where Kobe Mainu is. Go a wee bit higher up and put Rasmus Hoyland. I'll go one further. It's like an abstract Christmas tree that you see in the Tate Gallery. Yeah. And do you, you know, know what? Just Other teams play it to tremendous success. But... Then they actually get into the game and the centre midfielders don't hold their shapes, they play as tens. The whole midfielder off. comes too deep because he has to get the ball off the two centre backs. There is yards, yards and yards of space between Manu when he picks up the ball or Amrabat or Eriksen or whoever picks up the ball and the two guys that have been assigned to play midfield because they're playing as high tens. And that's no reflection on them lads because that is their natural positions. And this is my biggest bugbear with this man. He doesn't seem to see this as a problem. He can't work out why it's not working. He's played this in Holland. He's played this throughout his career. Ralph Ranić made a brilliant point. I think it was in the Red Bull documentary. And he said these managers, these elite managers, have built a career from playing the game a certain way and managing and coaching the game a certain way. When that clashes with failure and that clashes with poor results, it's very hard for these people then to turn around and accept that they are the failure. It can't be them. It has to be the players. It has to be something going wrong. You're not implementing the style correctly because I can't be wrong. This worked everywhere else. And I'm looking at a man struggling to figure that out at the minute and thinking, no, because it is wrong. But I'm going to ask you a question. How many of his signings started that match on Saturday? Oh, you'd have to go 1-11. to 11. Hold on, I'm thinking. Do you want me to put you out of your misery? Is it none? One. One. Who's the one? Onana. Onana, the goalkeeper. That's it. One yeah. of his signings. So it's crazy that it isn't is. It? It's madness. Saying he's made. Like I know how many of his signings are injured at the minute, but how many of his signings? Three. Yeah, how many of his signings are sitting on the bench? That that is the thing that frustrates the life out of me. You can't point to him not being backed. It's been a continuous excuse from Manchester United fans. Yes, there have been transfer issues. But he has been backed. He has brought in players that he has wanted to bring in. And the players who are out at the minute are players that we can't even point to. With the exception of Sandro Martinez, sorry, who is key and pivotal to that defence. But they're not players that we can point to and say, you're coming straight back into our team. Because before Casemiro got injured, he wasn't an issue. Now, some Manchester United fans want to use Casemiro being missing now as the way that the midfield isn't playing properly. Before Casemiro got injured, we wanted them dropped. You know, and Christian Eriksen is not the answer. So, I take your point. His signings have not been good enough, but he's picked them. 
he doesn't seem to have an eye for spotting talent that can fit into his system, which is damning for me. But see, the thing that I'm concerned about is that his signings are his signings. That sounded really Irish, but you know what I'm saying, yeah. right? But his signings, he signed them to play his system. Yet, most of those signings from Oli and Mourinho are still here. And still playing. We can't get rid of them. Yeah. And I think it, it, it's... I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, Rory. But that's my point. That you have players that have been... Mourinho and... Well, for me, in my opinion, Mourinho and Oli's system were sort of similar. Sit back, absorb the pressure, and hit on the counter. Yeah. Right? And that's one of his signings played on Saturday night. One. Yeah, and look, I don't want to keep going back to the Newcastle game because it's more of the whole picture that I'm trying to drive at. But I agree with you completely. And it's a go-to now for Manchester United fans when you're trying to talk about Eric Ten Hag. Oh, well, he's dealing with the Frankenstein project. We still have players from Ali's tenure, Jose's tenure. You know, somebody's even there from Louis' tenure. And that's 110% correct. But he is choosing to play them. If he was out of players and he was having to force these lads onto the pitch, I can concede that point. But he's choosing to play Scott McTominay instead of Sophie and Amrabat. And this is not just a one-game scenario. Scott has played consistently all season because he gets goals. And getting goals is why it's almost like money ball with Eric tonight. You know that, that scenario where as it may look misfitted and it's not brilliant to watch, but as long as it gets enough wins to get you to where you need to be, who cares? We care. Yeah, but I think Scott is playing out of necessity as well. And because Eric Ten Hag is pragmatic and he won't play the youth in Hannibal Mesbury, I think Scott McTominay is playing because Ericsson, Mount, Casemiro are out injured. Our midfield is depleted at the minute. I'm not making excuses, or maybe I am, but that's the only reason that I can see that Scott McTominay is starting games, because I can't find any other reason. Yeah, and it would be a valid reason to turn around and, and defend the manager and back the manager even further and say, look, oh, he's having to play Scott, this is the reason. He didn't have to do that from the start of the year. Those lads have been fit on different occasions. Casemiro has looked to struggle with the tactical setup and build of Ericsson Hag this year. He looks like we're trying to point out that he's he's declining as a player. Call bullshit in that one, Mum. I don't think he is. I think when we watch Kobe Mainu and Christian Eriksen and Sofian Amrabat, we watch any of them. Now, Mainu had a brilliant game against Everton, but that's Everton. Mm-hmm. The first big test was Newcastle and the lad got a bit lost. And as Paul Scholes rightly pointed out, it's because he's so alone in that midfield. And that has he's been a recurring it. problem for Sofian Amrabat, Casemiro, anyone who has played as the deep holding midfielder in that pivot. Or isolated. It's because it's tactically wrong. It's on the coach. They're being coached into a system that does not suit the Premier League and is being picked apart by other coaches. I'm not going to say better coach, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty or try and have a go with Ten Hag. He's wrong in his selection of his tactics and his formation. He needs to come right back to the drawing board. Forget team selection and sit with a marker or a, a whiteboard and a few dots and try and work out how he wants to, how he plays that gets this team moving better, that gets this team attacking better, moving further up the pitch quickly, pressing other teams. And then once he has figured out what the tactics and the formation is that he can do this in, then he needs to start focusing on his team selection. And if there are big stars who can't play your way of playing football, don't play them. It's that simple. We are too pedestrian at the minute. Yeah. But, having said that, and I do watch a lot of football, and I watch the match yesterday between City and Tottenham. Yes. And those two teams can play out from the back. Oh my God, we make it look so... We, we make it look so difficult. We really do. 
we have defenders that cannot play out from the back. Yeah. And that's... Well, we do. Who? Raphael Varane. Yeah, but he's on the bench. Exactly. You can't do anything on the bench. No, but this is where we need to take this away and have a think about Ayrton Hag's tenure. You can't turn around and say, we can't play the ball out from the back when we could have even picked the players that could do it. Now, I will concede the point that in midfield, he is a bit hampered by injuries, but he has a player who can play the ball out from the back and he's choosing not to play him. So if he can't see that that's an issue and that's a problem, that's massively on him. So he drops Harry Maguire? He drops whoever it takes. I'll go back to the marker and whiteboard scenario. He drops the entire starting eleven if he thinks there is another way of playing football that is going to save his job at the minute. Because I'm telling you, no matter who he picks at the minute, if he plays that tactical style, Mum, he will be sacked because it can't beat the big teams. And the proof is there for all to see. Go and have a look at Ayrton Hyde's record. I think we put it on our Twitter and on Instagram. It's nothing short of an absolute disgrace. It's shocking. And he's had two playing styles, the one from last year and the one from this year, and he's still in the same place. So yes, I concede your point on team selection. I think he gets it wrong at times. The bigger issue is how United play football for me. And this is going to define his tenure, as we're calling it. Um, But I honestly think he will be sacked after the Liverpool game. There's a bit of a reprieve there for Manchester United. And leading into January, if we do see the Ineos group come in, I don't think the Ineos group want to start off their, their new era at Manchester United by backing a man that can't beat Eddie Howe's Newcastle when they've 10 injuries can't get themselves above well, if Pochettino beats him I think that's the most damning one because we want to believe that Chelsea are in chaos and we're fine because we can laugh at Chelsea what happens if this man loses at Old Trafford to Chelsea against Poch oh it'll be bad yeah but we'll move on bad. and we'll talk about some of these individuals mm-hmm. the big one the the star man from last season Marcus Rashford mm. What do you think has gone wrong for Marcus Rashford? What has changed between the Rashford of last season and the Rashford of this season? I am not Marcus Rashford's biggest fan, as you know. Yeah. I think he's a good player, but he's not the star that he thinks he is or that the media make him out to be at times. Yeah. He's not a worldie. He's a good player that had a very, very good season last yeah. season. And in... Coming up to the nine years, nine seasons, sorry, that he has played for Man United, he has hit double figures four times. Yeah, not right? exactly. Two, the stuff two, of two outstanding streams, seasons. Like, I'm talking, sorry, I'm talking about Premier League goals now. I'm not talking about. When was the second one that he? I think I'm thinking of last year. Twenty-one. I think it was. Who did he play under? Is what I'm looking for. What was under Ollie? Ollie. Yeah. Counter tagging. Yeah. And I've always said it, he's a counter-attacking footballer. And that's the only... Can he adapt? No, I don't think he can adapt because I don't think he's a very intelligent footballer either. His decision-making is shocking. Absolutely shocking. His work rate is diabolical. Yeah. He plays off the shoulder and that's what he excels at. If Marcus Rashford has room to run into, you don't want anybody else in your team but Marcus Rashford. But... Possession-based football? No. And I think, I, I said at the start of the season, he almost has hero syndrome, that because he had to pull trees up last season to get Manchester United over the line, he sort of feels that in every game. The main man. Yeah. yeah. But um, I feel like I use that as an excuse for him now. I haven't seen him. I think his, his football intelligence is the big one that I turn yeah. to. I've watched a lot of Champions League football recently, and I'm looking at wingers who make darting runs in tight space. 
and get in behind people and get in behind defenders who are sitting in the low block. Intelligent positioning. Yeah. Whereas Marcus Rashford almost needs 20 to 25 yards of football pitch to approach and run into. That's not good enough, nor is that realistic. So well, he, t- he, he needs to sharpen he, up. He always relied on his pace. Now, I forget the defender. Was it, what do you call him? Now, I'm going to butcher this name because I butcher everybody's name. Was it Livermento? Livermento. Yeah. Went past him. And, yeah, I've seen that clip. And outpaced him. Yeah. You know, you so up. once a player like that, once your pace goes, even a small percentage, you are limited. And I think people are castigating him for his attitude. I think, and I'm not making excuses because I, I won't for a player like Marcus Rashford, but I think he is frustrated at his own gameplay. But he shouldn't be the first one on the team sheet. And that's down to Eric Ten Hag. 110%. And I would go one further as to say that Marcus Rashford is feeling the weight now of being the star player. And that has been created by Eric Ten Hag. Because Eric Ten Hag is the man that gave him the big bumper contract last year. Off the back of him playing very, very well. And now we are seeing Marcus Rashford on a pedestal being judged for every performance. We're looking for world class and he's nowhere near it. I disagree with you. I don't think that's solely down to Eric Ten Hag. I think that's down to the board as well. The board wanted a star boy. And Marcus Rashford is the academy boy, the local boy, the So you think the board forced Marcus Rashford onto Eric Ten Hag? To a certain degree, yes, I do. You think the manager didn't approve his big mopper contract? He did. But I think it was a board decision. That's just my opinion. But I think it came from the board. I think it came from higher up. Yes, we want you to take over Man United. Yes, we want you to manage Man United. But you have to get Marcus Rashford up to speed. Because we want him to be the face of Man United. Okay. Why did they let Cristiano Ronaldo go when Cristiano Ronaldo is the marketing mogul that he is? So Ten Hag was backed when he went to war with Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Mm Mm-hmm. He puts the arm around Marcus Rashford every time he gets the chance, mm-hmm. including this weekend. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that you believe that the Manchester United manager is being guided by his board in those decisions? Well, your first point is Cristiano Ronaldo is always going to be short term. Marcus Rashford has only turned 26. Marcus Rashford, again, local lad, academy lad. I, I can't fathom that. I can't fathom a football club turning around Even to a, a Premier League manager... And saying, here, you have to play Rashford. He's playing poorly. You have to play him. I need to play Granacho on the left-hand side. Play him on the right. You think that's coming from the board? Yeah. I think you're defending the absolutely abysmal decision-making of our manager. He has... I don't think it's solely on the manager. That's my point. It's not solely on the manager. It's the United board as well. Because the bottom line with the Glazers is commercial money. They don't give a toss about football. They okay. can care less about the football aspect of it. They want... A face. And Marcus Rashford, like it or not, is the face. Ten Hag loves him. Why do you know? He defends him in every situation that he can while he's willing to out other players. He thought nothing of throwing Jaden Sancho to the Wolves over his training efforts when Jaden Sancho had a bad game against Arsenal. 
Marcus Rashford's drops in the pitch. I don't believe it was pace against Liverpool. Though. It was pure effort. He could not have been fucked making that run to get back because he was frustrated that he was playing on the right, not frustrated at his own gameplay, that he was playing on the right-hand side and he wasn't the star out on the left because Garnacho's upstage in the minute. So he strapped and he huffed and he puffed and he fucked his manager off on the bench and he behaved like an absolute child. And then when Ten Hag was asked about it, given all the chance in the world to do it, Jadon Sancho all over again, this time he bites his tongue. No, I'll speak to Marcus myself. I'm not speaking about him in the media. I looked at that and went, you're a hypocritical twat, myth. Well, that was. You really are. Like, you have outed other players for their performances. Oh my God, I hope you're wrong. Because we're pinning our hopes on Marcus Rashford, we're in trouble. We're not pinning our hopes. Our manager is pinning his hopes on Marcus Rashford. Sorry, I meant we collectively. I like a a, a fucking solicitor building a case to sack this man, but I'm not. I'm pointing out the obvious. These are things that he is getting fundamentally wrong to back a player that behaves that way on the pitch for you Marcus Rashford cannot play against Chelsea he cannot return against Bournemouth and he can't play against Bayern Munich or Liverpool do you think there'll be a huge backlash if he does there should be not because he's playing poorly you're allowed to play poorly and put an effort in we've seen nothing from Anthony he's been playing poorly from the start of the season and yet he still gets one good game that Marcus Rashford has had I'm agreeing with you I am. Oh my God, seriously? Yes. But I think he's a better footballer than the other players that we can bring in. But he is playing really, really poorly. And he does not deserve to start for Manchester in a minute. He is a problem. A massive problem for Erickton Hag to fix. But he is a Frankenstein of Erickton Hag's own creation. Yeah. If you don't want to have the Marcus Rashford problem, then go and look at Marcus Rashford's inconsistent performances before you were the manager. Realise that he can only adapt and play in a counter-attacking team, as you have said. And do not give him a bumper contract. Well, I agree with you. And if Eric Ten Hag has to go, right, I hope that the next manager does his homework. And an in-depth analysis into those players. And not just, we've had external problems with players. Not just the footballing aspect, but their personal lives as well. We've just put... Yeah, I know you're making a face. Yeah, but I'm but making a face because you're going to get that. They're human beings. You're going to get that everywhere. and I'm not saying... Right. I mean, Marcus Rashford went out for his birthday. I see no wrong with that. I think their social lives are constantly under scrutiny. Now, yes, Manchester United have unprecedented situations, i.e. Mason Greenwood. The and Anthony one? I don't... I don't know. I yeah. mean... He said, she said. It went as quick as it came. Yeah, it's not way yet, though. No, well, we'll wait and see what happens yeah. there. But, I mean, it went as quick as it came. It was big news. He's going to be arrested. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. Nothing has happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, the horrendous example of it is the Benjamin Mendy case. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're innocent until proven guilty. And if you're proven well, innocent, true. then what, what can anybody do? Yeah. Uh, so, yes. I mean, there's been distractions and stuff off the pitch. But you want our players on the back pages instead of the front pages. You do. You do, and you can under a lot of scrutiny when you're you're under pressure like this. And especially if you play for a football team like Man United. 110%, yeah, I agree. I just think that what, what I'm annoyed about at the minute is it's the attitude in the pitch. All I'm concerned with is the attitude in the pitch. Marcus Rashford has put this in since the start of the season. See this not running back crop. And I've defended them, and I've turned around and said previously, I think it's a tactic from Eric Ten Hag. I think they stay up there because they can catch the team on the break, and he's the fastest player in the team, and he's told to do this. 
But against Newcastle, he had no excuse because they were criminally pinned back by Newcastle. And that is the point where you turn around and say, even if it's tactical, I need to go back and help my team. I need to help my fullback. And he decided in that moment not to. I can't be bothered. This is shit. I think some of the lip reading experts we have out there were mm, trying to say, and there's loads. he said, what am I doing here? And I agree with that because I don't think he suits Tenhagar United at all. But no, this is Marcus Rashford's body language is all wrong at the minute. This throwing his arms up, that fake jogging that he does, that pisses me off. But what what is what is he to do when he is consistently picked by his manager? Nothing. That's down to the manager, and I agree with you. And you, I seen Anthony Martial do it the other day, and Anthony Martial, and it's like it's like kids in a playground being P four all over again. And somebody kicks off the school teacher, and the school teacher takes it. Or somebody is consistently misbehaving. football. So the next time that you go to misbehave, you think to yourself, "Well, he doesn't do that to Marcus. He sticks the on round Marcus if Marcus fucks up." Is that Jaden Sancho's big gripe? Probably. I think Jaden Sancho, when he gets away from United, you're going to see a blast. Oh, yeah. At that football club, and he will turn around and say, "Look." What has Rashford Hello. done this year? I All I wanted to do was play on the left. And I was told that Rashford is the star and that Rashford plays there. I didn't really want to play on the right, so he played me in the middle and he tried something new with me and then he wouldn't play me. And I don't agree with it. Yeah. I'm Interview not condoning... Piers Morgan anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. I'm not condoning it, but Ten Hag makes his own monsters. He really does. Well, yeah. He is digging his holes. He is. I think there's reports coming out to say Ferran is happy, you know, sitting on the bench and stuff like that. How could you be? That's another one I'm waiting to, no. to boil over, where Rafael Ferran comes out and says, look, I was happy enough to take it because they were paying me a fortune, but at the end of the day, I knew he'd be sacked. You know, the, the football wasn't good enough. And there are players in Manchester United that should adapt because they have no success in football and they should not have any gripes towards the manager or the manager's training or the manager's style of play. And then there's Casemiro and Ferran. Yeah. Who unfortunately are above our manager. Who have won it all. Won it all, seen it all, been with masterful managers I've and tacticians. come from, you could arguably say, I was going to say a bigger club, but a more successful club than yep. United. And I think what will be interesting to see is how Marcus Rashford's situation plays out. If he sticks with the manager or he's another one that starts dropping. And if Marcus Rashford, who's sort of the baby face of the club, if he starts dropping, do Varane and all those ones go along with him? Or do they all stand tall and does Rashford get axed like Sancho? But Rashford is a yes man. He'll have apologised already. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have dropped. Please, no, I don't, please play you, me against Chelsea. Did you hear Ali McCoy's today on TalkSport? I did not. Um, I think it's Jim Shreves now is with Ali McCoy's. He is, yeah. Is he? Right. And uh, they were saying about, you know, um, players down... The Man United players have down tools and they're not playing for their manager. And McCoy went off on one. He said, I hate that. He said, play for the badge. Play for the fans. He said, I hate that excuse of players walking around the pitch and throwing straps and they're not playing for their managers. He says, do your damn job. Yeah, I agree. But at the same time, I think Erickson Hag could play players that no, will Erickson do that. Hag, sorry, Roy, the bottom line is, right, we're all waiting for it on Wednesday night. Yes. And we're not just waiting for the match. We're waiting to see if Marcus Rashford's name is going to be on the team sheet. And we're all wanting him to be sitting on the bench. A few of them. And I that think. would be a measure of the amount of control that Eric Ten Hag has over that team. 
Yeah, I think you're bang on. I think Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford can't start no. from an effort point of view. I think from a tactical point of view, I would like to see Maguire play with Raphael Varane and Shaw go back to left back. And I would also like to see Scott McTominay drop from the midfield. If Sofian Amrabat is the only person available and you see Amrabat, Manu and Casemiro as the same player necessary to be rotated, you need to change your way of thinking here. Try it with the two holding midfielders. Try and play out with Kobe Manu and Amrabat, possibly playing in triangles and getting the ball further up the pitch. Because I promise you, it can't be any worse in that midfield than what we've seen now consistently for about 10 games. I agree with you and I think that would plug the holes in that midfield. Hopefully, but I'm with you on that one. The team selection on Wednesday night is where I will judge Eric Ten Hag and how he moves forward. I hope I'm wrong from our first segment. I really do, but I don't think I am. I think we'll see Scott again. Wouldn't be like you to admit you're wrong anyway. No, probably not. Well, do you know what? If he's finally proved me wrong on one of these points, I'll happily admit it. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... That leads us in then to what needs to change. What needs to give now at Manchester United for you to see your manager stay? If anything, maybe you're happy enough to... No, as I said before, um, the team selection is all wrong for me. The balance is way off. And I want to see him being less pragmatic and more adventurous in his selection. Okay. Those players that are not putting a shift in, I want sat on the bench. And I'm not just talking, Rory, for one match. I'm talking for an extended period of time. Yeah. It's, just, it's all right. It's like somebody in school, the star boy in school, and saying, right, you're, you've got detention for an hour when they should be in detention all week. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody needs to be made, and I hate saying this, but somebody needs, needs to be made an example of. And that has to be Marcus Rashford. Sit him on the bench, let him gurn all he wants, and play somebody, play Palestri, play Anthony, play... Garnacho is not going to lose his place because Garnacho hasn't done... He's still learning the game. He's still learning his trade. But for me, he puts in more of a shift than Marcus Rashford. He does. But I think it's very damning at the minute that this is what we're settling for again. It's the players that make an effort. Oh, I'm I don't think Garnacho is good enough else. to start. No, right, but there's nobody else. The only other person is Marcus Rashford. Yeah. Now, Garnacho did it against Galatasaray. He scored the goal, right? But Garnacho to me, is still very young, still very green. Decision-making yeah. is very poor. Against Newcastle, he gave the ball away three, four times, trying to do too much and running into people. And that is an, that that's a young player. Yes. But Garnacho for me, is another Scott McTominay. It's not a tactically saying decision to have that lad on the pitch game after game especially in big games I agree but it's out of pure necessity at the minute because you cannot play Marcus Rashford out there because he's going to do the same thing and Garnacho's scoring they're very similar in certain respects at the minute Garnacho I would say is ahead of Rashford in terms of form but but what another aspect to that is you drop Garnacho and put Rashford into his so-called favourite position what does that say to the rest of the team you can't do it you can't you cannot and that's why I can't wait for Wednesday night and that will be points against Eric Ten Hag if that happens. So for you, I have an awful feeling it will. For you, the biggest change then is the personnel of the team selection. Yeah, but that's down to the manager. Yeah. That is entirely on the manager. Do you think that with, and I'm playing devil's advocate, I'm not picking holes. Do you think that the personnel selection will improve the football of Manchester United? Like, is what you're seeing on the pitch, and I'm... I'm indifferent here. Is what you're seeing on the pitch 
just down to the team that he is picking. You're not unhappy with the way they're playing football, is what I'm saying. I think they're playing football because of the selection. Okay. I, that's my that's my view. I think they're playing. The team is very unbalanced at the minute. I agree with you. Raphael Varane, if fit, should be on that pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Which he is. Yeah. I, I prefer to see Luke Shaw on the left. I prefer to see Luke Shaw as a fullback. But I would... I don't know, until Martinez is fit, play Regulon or Dallow um, yeah. as a left-back and play Shaw along with Varane. That's what I would like to see. I agree with you 100%. I would like to see Amrabat and Mianu hold midfield. Fernandez, Garnacho, Hoyland, Anthony. That's my... And Aaron Bissaka at right full-back. And you think if he gets that team, the control will come into the team then? But see, I want... I think so. I I think... But you can't... Mianu will get a game, then be pulled out. Amrabat will get a game, then be pulled out. Scott McTominay is nailed on, the same as Marcus Rashford, right? Martial will get a game and be pulled out when Hoyland is fit. Yeah. Keep to that team for an extended period again. And then judge him after that. But that's who I... That's the personnel that I want to see on the pitch going forward. Now, I agree with everything you're saying. Do you think you're going to get it? No. I agree. I think what you're saying is... And that's the most frustrating yeah, thing. No. What you're saying could be the answer to one of his biggest problems, but he won't do this. So I'll tell you what I want to change. I want the manager to change. I have had enough of Ericsson Hag. I think Ericsson Hag will go out of Manchester United and we will look back on his decision-making and see that as the biggest issue of Manchester United. I think he's handled certain situations off the pitch with an absolute touch of class and excellence, and he's been very good in that respect. But I think on the pitch as a coach is where he lives and feels. Well, what if he does, Rory? Would you change your opinion then? What if he does do that on Wednesday night? What if he picks? What if he drops certain players and plays others? I is think that a step in the right direction? A small it step. It is. It's a small it? step. I don't think his tactics and the way that he wants to play a football lend itself to the Premier League. I don't think it wins the Premier League. I don't think it ultimately gets the Manchester United to where they want to be in the Champions League. I think it's a very pragmatic, negative way of playing football. It's a very European way of playing football. And it reminds me of Louis van Gaal, who's his countryman, and on a lesser extent, because I think United have more attacking players, Conte at Spurs. It's very oh God. set up, dry, sort of... You know, well, you have to think. Antonio Conte won a Premier League with Chelsea, and Chelsea were most pragmatic Premier and, League ever. Even when we're winning, mum, it's not great to watch, but we're winning. It's the most similar comparison I can see if I'm looking at it objectively. Like, look, people hate this example, but it has to be made. I watched Eddie Howe for the last couple of weeks. Newcastle play like Newcastle, irregardless of who's in the team and what the game is. They come out. They have a narrow three in the middle. Joe Linton, Grimmerez, and now your new boy Miley seamlessly playing the ball and through possession transitions, playing the ball to each other. They held their forward line. Their forward line comes in and helps them. It's brilliant. And it can only be down to coaching because they have a few new fellas coaching in there. Coaching and well. no egos. There's a youth player has come in. Anthony Gordon's a new lad into the team. Alexander Isaac is a new lad into the team. They have 10 injuries. They have 10 players missing. Their new boy Tonali, the star, is away. They're still bossing midfield balls. They ran out of steam in the Park de Prince. They ran out of steam in Old Trafford. Oh, they were unlucky in Paris. But they're very good to watch. That's a man that's in his tenure as long as Ericsson Hag is. 
I would like the manager to change so I see a style more like Eddie Howe's Newcastle. There again, Spurs and City yesterday. I would just like to see a, a style. Yeah. United. An attacking style, not even a style, an attacking style. A, a style of football like Ange, Eddie Howe, even Unai Emery's Aston Villa, where yes, there are structure, there are principles, there's defensive pragmatism at times, but the overall goal is to attack teams, control the midfield, and be the dominant ball-playing team, especially when you're against weaker opposition. I haven't yet to watch a match in this season with Ericsson Hag where I can see Man United control the game from start to finish. There's been patches of entertaining football. Patches. And individual, but well, we wouldn't call it brilliance. When's the last time you got 2-0 up against the team or 1-0 up against the team in a game and thought, game over, we win? Mm. Never. Never. This Never. Season. Galatasaray, you could smell it. You could, you just almost. I suppose, yeah, you well, no, sorry, I backtrack there. The only time was Everton. That's the only time I was comfortable we're going to win a match. Galatasaray, yeah, I was at Galatasaray as well. I was euphoric, and then Onana does the Onana thing. You see, this is where the difference of opinion kicks in. Why I want to change the manager? I wasn't confident against Everton. I wasn't. United scored. Then Everton bossed the game. They bossed the game till half time. Thank God for the half time whistle. Oh, once we get over that period, I knew. But there you go. That's, that's my entire point. When are we going to see a game where there isn't that period? Where we don't get absolutely dominated and bossed for scoring a goal? Where the goal wakes the opposition up and they turn around and go, here, this team we're playing against. But you not think that was encouraging that we did get through that period? No. That we. Oh, for God's sake. Right, but we didn't concede. That period came again then in the Galatasaray. So you game. don't want to see any periods of no, that no, no, no. For thirty minutes against Everton, they battered us after we scored. Yeah, but we took it. Yeah, for thirty minutes against Galatasaray, they battered us after we scored. It has happened time after time. Sheffield United had a run against us. Luton had a run against us. Luton, bottom of the table. Luton had a run where I thought, oh my God, United are being paying back here. It's game on game on game. And if you don't see it, you're choosing to ignore it. What I want to see is Manchester United have a performance against... I don't care if it's Luton. I don't care if it's Wrexham. I want to see Manchester United dominate and boss a midfield game. I want to see them control the ball, move the ball about and kill the opposition. Well, we're not going to do that because our midfield's weak. Terrible. Our midfield's weak, our defence is poor and our forward line isn't up to scratch. And I'm blaming the manager on that. So the change I want, which is the entire point of this is I want the manager to go. I'm not sure who I would like to see come in, but I don't want to watch Ericton Hags fishing a football anymore. I don't believe in his tactics. I don't believe in his team selection. I don't believe in him. And that's the change I want. You're a non-believer. I'm a man who's fed up watching this man fail and squander. The, he's been given the position of a lifetime. He's come in from Ajax, the Eredivisie, a big club in their own right, but minuscule in terms of Manchester United. He has come in, he has been brave for a couple of months, and I don't know if it's the situation at the football club that has made him regress within his shell, but he looks hapless now. Good old faithful team selections, tactics that don't work, pragmatic for the sake of it, time to go. It's the United way, where are you down? Do you think that's what it is? I tell you what, I'm not going to get too deep into this. I believe United are as shit at picking managers as they are at picking players. Yeah, I would have to agree to a certain extent. You took David Moyes, who was wrong. I don't care what anybody says about time and giving time. Too big for him. Ferguson shouldn't have been allowed to pick David Moyes. He picked him because he's Scottish and he was friends. And that's as simple as. He goes, you bring in Louis Van Hal at the end of his career. 
Too it was dinosaur football. We picked him in the back of a World Cup where he was playing with the Netherlands that he didn't win, by the way. But he played some style of football and Ed Woodward went, oh, he could do it. He's done everything else. So you get the banker who goes and picks the dinosaur. The dinosaur comes in, gets us playing football, has a few moments, and ultimately it fails. And you go, oh, God, we're, this is really, really poor. What are we going to do? We'll sack him. We'll bring in baby dinosaur in Jose Mourinho. To Mourinho. A man who had fallen out with Chelsea for the second time whose methods in football were already coming under strain, and who came into the football club with his family in London, him in Manchester, and just, it was chaotic from start to finish. That's the only word you could say. Yeah. It just screamed of, we all got optimistic for it, and it was just, it was a failing the game. And then you've Ollie, who won the lottery. Ollie won the lottery. Ollie's the next, or Ollie's the first, Ayrton Howe. Ollie came in as the last Woodward appointment. Ollie came in as an interim coach. He got a new manager bounce. He had a smile. The toxicity of Jose Mourinho's brain had been lifted. Ollie comes in. It's it's better. Everyone's happy. Everyone's playing for Ollie, and everyone did play for Ollie. They loved him as a manager because Ollie had the personality. If we could mix Ollie's enthusiasm and personality with Ericton Hyde's pragmatism, Jesus, it would be like melding Dallow and Wambasaka together. You'd make the next fucking Paolo Maldini. What you wouldn't give for that? But unfortunately, that's not the way. Yeah. Ollie didn't have the tactics. He didn't have the style. He had the personality and he, he had the enthusiasm. He had the atmosphere. Which I think worked. Friends. It worked. It worked in certain games and it worked until to a degree didn't. until it didn't. Ericsson Hag was meant to be the second coming. It's the first decision from Murdoch and Arnold. Two people who are as naive and uneducated in football as Ed Woodward was. Naive is a good word. Yeah, but we trusted that they would know something and we've seen this man operate at Ajax and then he comes and he's going to get everything right. And I think operationally, fantastic. Brilliant operational monitor. He, he set standards, he set structure, he created principles, he dealt with Ronaldo, he dealt with Sancho, he dealt with Greenwood, all with a touch of class. But on the pitch, he's not the coach. No. They picked a very good man, no. No. but a really poor coach. And that's... I would still give him time. I know you would. I wouldn't. And that's that's football opinion. But what I'm saying is it's an indication of the men that are making these appointments. They make poor signings off the pitch. They make poor signings on the pitch. Well, hopefully we'll get footballing people in that will care less about the commercial side of the club and more about the football side of the club. I agree The way it should be. And I think when that happens, this man gets sacked. But we'll wait and we'll see. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting to see when the Neos come in. I don't see... Time will tell and all those cliches. Yeah. I don't see people who've been around the game like Blanc, Mitchell, and I don't see them coming in and looking at that style of play and going, yeah, that's the guy. I don't, think, I don't think they're going to pull the, the trigger as quickly as you think they are. I think they will assess the situation. My, my decision making there is half passion on wanting to see United play better football and half being pragmatic. If they don't change things and this guy goes in this run now and they give him till January, he'll cost the stop four. So you cut your arm off to save the body. You can afford the Arton Hag payout as long as you get into the Champions League next year. They'll come in and they'll sit around the table and they'll go, look, yeah. you tell me, is this guy going to get top four? And more of them will say no than yes, and then he'll be sacked. It depends unless um, if they have already assessed somebody and they have someone lined up for the job. We don't know, because we're not privy to that, of course. If, doomsday scenario, you know they're beat by Chelsea, draw at Bournemouth and get beat by Liverpool down the bottom half of the table. Oh, that's bad. And that's not unfathomable at no, the minute. it's not. Because Bournemouth are going well in their own right, and Bournemouth are having a bit of a bounce at the minute. It's not unfathomable to think that they, he will lose to Pochettino at Old Trafford, he will draw with Bournemouth. I'm not saying get beat, because I don't think Bournemouth can beat us. 
but I would say there's a 25% chance to get draw with us. But then our manager's very good at beating the smaller teams. So I do believe we'll win that. But doomsday scenario. Loss, draw, loss. Yeah. Embarrassing at Liverpool. He's in the bottom half of the table. Um, well, if he doesn't change the personnel on the pitch, and that's the case, he deserves it. Yeah. Well, there we go. That's what needs to change. Either we take my advice and we go with a different coach or we take your advice and he proves me completely wrong and he can change his approach and he shows to me that he's not the rigid egotistical manager that I think he is stubborn is that he believes that his football is actually going to get us there and that the players he's picked are good enough we'll wait and see it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. so the last segment then to finish us off January now there's no point in doing hypotheticals and will they back Eriksen Hag and will they not back Eriksen Hag right who do you think goes and can United bring people in I don't think there will be um, a transfer kitty I think that it'll be loan deals if there's any deals done. Now, selling in January, I don't think you're going to... Unless you're selling to Saudi, you're not going to get big money for players in January. We are not going to get big money for players in January because we're crap at it. Yeah, we're back to Jose's statement. Look at where they play, if they play, yeah. when they play. So they're going to like Donny van de Beek is saying that he's leaving in January. Where are you going, kid? And I can actually see if we do sell the like of Donny van der Beek and Jaden Sancho, that 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 money will be invested in the summer and not January. I think it's loan deals we're looking at in January, unless there's a guy now you can you know his name. I I'm gonna butcher it. The Stuttgart guy. Guarassi. Yeah. Apparently he's a release clause of 15 million, the striker. But then again, he is going to the Africa Cup of Nations. So he could be out for six weeks. Um, I mean, at 15 million, can you not suffer him being out for six weeks? Yeah, he's 27. You're not selling Anthony Marshall. Anthony Marshall needs to go in January, but you're not selling him. Well, do you know, I've, I've always backed Anthony Marshall, and you know that. I always thought he was a much better technical footballer. More astute footballer than Marcus Rashford. But Anthony Marshall needs to go, and he needs to go now. I would not trigger that contract extension. No, can't I would let him go in the summer, and that be it. There's not... This triggering extensions to get money for them, you know... Do you not think after his display of um, petulance there at the weekend... Apparently, I've read, now whether it's true or not, or just idle gossip, whatever it was, his display at the weekend was he was pointing at Marcus Rashford... That Eric Ten Hag was leathering into him about not tracking back, and he was pointing at Marcus Rashford about Marcus Rashford's position on the pitch. Well, I was eagle eyes at the weekend seeing that Marcus Rashford came on was having an avid discussion with Rasmus Hoyland, who wasn't on the pitch and looked very irate. And Anthony Marshall was coming out talking on somebody else, so obviously there was a disagreement there between the two boys. But Marcus Mar- Rashford looked really surprised that he was taken off for it. So yeah. was he saying to Erasmus Hoyland, um, look, you do that, you know, you attacked, I am... No, he I looked angry, Whenever it happened in half-time there, he looked angry. He looked like the two lads... Maybe had, the lads were told... That, that Marshall maybe out. pointed it out to him. You know, that Marshall turned around and they were having a go, maybe discussions in the change room, you need to come back, you need to track him back, and the two boys blamed each other. And then, like, Patrick and children were telling their two mates, you know, he's in the wrong here, and he should have yes, done this. So we don't know. It's also you don't know, but that's... That's yeah. what it is. But... 
In January, I think Manchester United will fork out fifteen million pound for a striker if the opportunity arises. I think it has to happen. They'll give him that. It's fifteen million. In the well, there's a lot of clubs. Apparently, Romano said yes, they are. He's a person of interest, but there are a lot of clubs looking at him as well. Okay. From different leagues. Uh, I think there's rumours Sean Clare to Debo could be available in January. No. They've rubbished that. It can't happen. Nice are going for the League One. Nice fans are up in arms about them buying Manchester United, and what they're going to do is. Lift their best centre back and place him in Manchester straight away. It's hopium beyond hopium. People are getting too high on the hopium of that one and oh, I don't I know, making decisions hopium, strong out. But no, no Tadebo. Doesn't happen. Who I do think they'll try and target is um, another midfield option. I don't know who it's going to be because it'll have to be a loan deal. But I think given what we've seen this season, Donny van de Beek goes out in January and they'll try and bring somebody else in. Yeah. Well, we're missing midfielders. If Donny van der Beek was out, no, he hasn't played any serious games. He hasn't kicked a ball in anger in a long time. But, and then Sancho, there's two midfielders you have to replace. You're not getting money for Sancho. You're not. Because of his wages. Mm. His wages are going to hold everything back. I suppose the, 240 only, the, only, grand the only scenario teammates. then is the Saudi League. And he's too young, in my opinion, to go to the Saudi League. 240 grand a week. Right, for a lot. The one he has played for Manchester United has been woefully under par, and we're arrogant enough to think we're going to get a transfer fee for that one. He will go on loan to Juventus, and we'll eat up a big chunk of his contract for him to play in Italy. That's what'll happen. Another financial disaster. Another financial disaster. Hundred and ten percent. Anthony Marshall will sit way. in the Manchester United ranks till the summer and leave on a Bosman. Of course he will. Donny van de Beek might go in January, although I don't know where he's going to get a game. No clue. Because well, he's another that, one on 100 k I thought Juventus were interested in him as well. He's on 100 grand a week. He doesn't kick the football all season. Anytime he does play, he looks woeful. Again, I question, unless we give these lads away on freeze or we loan them until their contract's run, where are they going? Yeah, but even you, you've stated that. Even if we loan them, you're still paying three-thirds of their wages. 110% because you're not going to be able and to And you're sell. doing another club a favour. It's something that has to be reset in terms of the it's culture. It's ridiculous, that's what it is. But in January, I think, there, there's my three. I think Manchester United will go for that striker. I think we will move from uh, substitute goalkeeper. I think he'll be brought in. Though I think he'll stick with Heaton and Bayender. I think he'll try and loan somebody else. And he'll go for another midfielder, but it'll be a loan deal. And I can't even put names to this. I'm purely speculating and guessing. But if it was me, I think... With a reduced budget, I don't see them backing him. I don't think he's going to be there, but I don't see them backing him. <laughs> no, I think the budget will be for the summer. Definitely. Well, look, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next Monday with another few topics to discuss, hopefully with a bit more positivity, although given the games ahead of us here, it's going to be tough. We'll be back on Wednesday night for pre- and post-game reactions to the Chelsea game. Should be interesting. Check us out in the socials. Give us a wee rating. Let us know the crack. Let us know what you think. Uh, and definitely follow us on Instagram that's where all of our main content and our main views go out between the three of us so enjoy the rest of your evenings hopefully things take an upturn here against the Chelsea but don't hold your breath don't hold your breath bye everyone bye